What's up, everybody? Welcome to Over the Top. We're back with another episode covering match week 24. Yes, 14 matches left. And uh, we'll also be covering this fascinating top four race that's really heating up. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Instagram and Twitter at Over the Top EPL. I'm Kyle, and I've got my man Justin here. What's happening? What's happening, Kyle? I'm going to add, make sure you hit that subscribe button on that podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. We're so thirsty, Kyle. We got to get those followers up uh, to meet our goals. But yeah, I think uh, this week was kind of crazy. Um, not in the sense of things that we didn't expect, but I think just the combination of where the table is, what's happening in the Champions League, and then the Premier League um uh, contender lists is just kind of crazy kyle 14 matches left in the premier league and teams 10 through 2 are all what separated by 12 points oh yeah it's really really nutty and then some of those teams that have one or two games in hand and oh man it's just it's it's really getting crazy meanwhile there's a polar vortex in texas my parents haven't even had oh yes they haven't even had power in almost three days now we just went through a snowstorm up in here um you know i recently started a new job and all this all this stuff is happening and meanwhile yeah 12 points between second place manchester united and 10th place arsenal arsenal yes yeah texas that's a really crazy situation what's going down there but it's all because of wind kyle if you had if you had more (laughs) fossil fuels and less wind it'd be okay but Speaking of rolling blackouts, Kyle, Liverpool, they have two black eyes after their recent matches where they've lost so many games. You're wondering where the power is for that team, where they lost 3-1 to one to Leicester City, Kyle. How about that transition? I, hey, I'm, I'm seriously impressed. <laughs> and I'm also impressed that you knew about Governor Abbott blaming it on the windmills. So I'm, I'm proud of you. Proud of you there. Uh, but yes, Liverpool, man, they're just really lacking this power right now. Um, and we're saying that even though they've scored a brilliant goal for Mino with maybe the assist of the season uh, with a brilliant, brilliant back heel pass. That, that might have so to make uh, that might have to make the Insta page for Sauce of the Week. We have to review all the games in detail, but it's hard to imagine something something beat that. But Kyle, let's start on the Leicester side just for a second before we bash on you know Liverpool because Leicester are up to third place, Kyle. Tied on points with Manchester United. They only had 38% possession, Leicester did, but Rogers, Rogers really set them up to counter and counter effectively. I mean, something as a Spurs fan you probably wish would happen, but um, with that setup, they had a higher expected goals count, XG as we call it here on the pod, than even Liverpool did, even though they didn't dominate possession. So, I mean, you have to say they deserved it, right? They did deserve it. I mean, the way I see it is these stats say, yes, Liverpool did dominate possession, but, you know, Leicester essentially met Liverpool in all the other major stat categories in terms of shots, in terms of passing percentage, uh, even the number of passes. I don't really even understand how this happens, but Leicester also came not so... They were pretty close to Liverpool's amount of passes. So, um, But I would, you know, caution using XG on this one because... I mean, Lester had a penalty, and then this horrible, horrible Allison in, uh, incident. Probably a big fat 1.0 in terms of XG, but uh, this was well deserved, and this is exactly how Rodgers sets his team up. We've seen Lester this season uh, set up to break and you know hit teams on the counter, sort of in the same way that Spurs do, but Lester do it in a much more slick, 
entertaining style, and they can also flip the switch and suddenly possess the ball and dominate teams that have no business being on the same pitch as them, something that Spurs cannot do. Um, but, you know, their goals did have a grain of fortune, but I would not call this win fortunate. So, Kyle, you know, as you've joked on the podcast, Leicester are my little adopted foxes for the season until Swansea get back in the Premier League. Uh, and they still might be my second team, but whatever. Um, they're in third place right now, 46 points. Um, comfortably in third, tied with United on points. Do we have to take them seriously, right? Um, because, I mean, how do you not, right? Yeah, I think we're already taking them seriously, I, especially you. And me, wow. I personally, I've been sort of being cautiously optimistic with Leicester. You know, I wanted to give it time. We saw them just drop like a stone last season. Of course, there were a lot of injuries surrounding that. Now there's sort of like the opposite issue where uh, they're getting players back from injury like Soyuncu and Ricardo Pereira. Um, but yeah, look, you have to take them seriously. They're tied on points with Manchester United. Yes, the the table is really deceiving. And if you look too closely into it, then you'll really, um, you know, it, it it's not indicative of where the season is at. Because yes, United look like they're a shoo-in, but they're tied with Leicester City. And, uh, you know, even Tottenham in ninth place, not that far behind, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. So you have to take them seriously. And that experience from last season can be used in this situation, in the, you know, wrap-up of the season. And also, to that point, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later on, on the pod, but their schedule is not the toughest in the world. That's right. And that's putting it lightly. <laughs> that is true. Liverpool, Kyle, so transitioning from the positive to more of the, what we call in the workplace, constructive. Um, I don't know how constructive this will be for them. Uh, start with the positives for Liverpool. Firmino, as we mentioned earlier, that sauce for Salah's goal. I mean, when you saw that and that ball go in and 1-0 Liverpool, I mean, I thought, I'm like, okay, well, Liverpool's going to run away with this now. Like, I don't see Leicester coming back. But um, especially just it's that in the moment, seeing that quality of goal. Um, but those defensive mistakes, Kyle, they had a newcomer come in. I think his name is pronounced Kabak. I could be mispronouncing that. The youngster they just bought from Germany. Um, yeah, that's right. Can't say that was his best game, Kyle. Not solely on him, clearly, and we'll get to the other mistakes uh, in a bit, but that was not a great game for him, Kyle. No, I mean, it was also a really difficult game to, you know, really bet into the team, and we, as we saw in the Champions League, which uh, I don't think we're going to cover in this pod, but he played much, much better against Leipzig, so... Yep. Yeah, he's 20, 20 years old, so it's a really tough situation for him to go into, especially when his partner is Jordan Henderson. I mean, I think, I don't, I'm not even sure how long Fabinho's out injured, but everyone in that center back position is injured. But yeah, really difficult game for him, but you got to say, those around him were making mistake after mistake after mistake. I mean, Alisson. I, pers- I personally think Alisson is the second best keeper in the world behind um, Jan Oblak. But even then, I mean, we saw the two mistakes against City. The one he had in this game was arguably worse than either of those. He comes rushing out of his 18-yard box, maybe 25 yards outside of the goal, and completely whiffs it on a clearance. Uh, Just absolutely crazy. Jamie Vardy following it up with a great celebration. Um, But I don't know. This has me thinking, is this a case of Alisson on the slide as a player? 
or these just happen to be freak mistakes all at once? Because I, I tend to side on the fact that he's still a great goalkeeper. All goalkeepers in the world make mistakes, bar, you know, Oblak. But we've seen this from Neuer, from De Gea when he was at his peak. We've seen Buffon make mistakes. I think this happens. But what, what's your take on the Allison issue? Yeah, I think it's just a terrible run of form for him. I think he's going to rebound, and it's going to get, obviously, it can't get much worse, but uh, it'll he'll go back to being one of the best goalkeepers in the world. That's an interesting thought that when you said he's second probably in the world, I was like, hmm, I wonder if that's actually true. Um, I think so. I would put him above I mean, Neuer, and that's why, because Neuer is probably who else you think of in that situation, but I really rate Alisson, but um, yeah, I can't really think yeah, of any others, but Adam. I, it's hard. I, I think it's probably a, a temporary form, lack of confidence issue, but I don't think it's going to last too long, I, I would say. There yeah. is something, if you've been deep in the Liverpool Reddits out there, their or their Twitter feeds and etc., there seems to be this sentiment, Kyle, that whenever Thiago starts, Liverpool cannot win a game. And he did not start this game, but he came on for Hamas Milner in the 17th minute. And is it crazy to say he could be at fault for one, or if not one, two of their goals, Kyle, in this game? Look, I I think it was even just last pod where I introed this whole idea of, you know, Tiago's the issue. I branded that as crazy. But in this game, he gave up the penalty for the first goal. And on the third goal, yes, it was in garbage time. Yes, the game was over. But he completely lost his man or just didn't even care to track back um you know on his man on the third goal so while i do think that sentiment out on social media and the interwebs is crazy uh he was poor on this one and he doesn't i noticed he doesn't really track back like other liverpool center midfielders and that could be an issue because this is a system i thought he could slot straight into since byron played the high press as well but uh clearly he doesn't quite have the same defensive capabilities so uh yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. But Tiago is not the issue here. Again, this is just sort of a freak, freak blip. But it can really only get better for Liverpool from here on out. Yeah, and we'll cover out there on their top four chances uh, later in the pod. Because as of now, Kyle, as of today during recording, they sit in six, which is pretty unbelievable considering where they were on Christmas Day, where I think they were first, right, on Christmas. So, um Absolutely bananas. Anyways, yeah. moving on to a very unpleasant six minutes that we're about to have, Kyle, for you, where Manchester City uh, ran over, backed up, and then ran over Spurs again and beat them three to nil. Um, Kyle, this is like it, it was so easy for City. It's even hard to like where to even go into pick apart City's performance because it, they did it so easily that. I can't even fault them for anything. Yeah, well, let's let's try to pick apart cities. <laughs> you know, I don't really know how much more analysis we can pick apart on cities before I just go in this Spurs tirade and try to talk myself off of a ledge. But, I, you know, in this game, it's interesting because I really feel like City didn't even have to get out of first gear. I mean, yeah, they, were just totally. in cruise, they were just in cruise control the entire game. I actually thought Spurs did not look that bad in the first half all things considered but after they gave up that first goal it was just so flat but i noticed uh you know pep has a system where cancelo uh goes from outside back into center midfield like we saw kyle walker do in previous seasons but now 
he's got an outside back who is like 10 times as technical as Walker is. So um, they really overloaded the center of the pitch and uh, dominated Spurs like that uh, with that sort of style. Um, and even when Spurs countered, City always looked in control, um, something that City's never done in the past. This is by far the best pep defense I've ever seen. I mean, what more can you say about about City? I mean, I don't really know how much more analysis can go into it. I mean, another clean sheet, uh, Ilkay Gondwan, who I had in my top six players, rightfully so, scored another two goals in this game. So it's all working for City. I think we can pretty much say it's done and dusted. And speaking of Gundogan, one of the assists came from the keeper, Kyle Ederson, with a beautiful, it had to be at least 70 yards, right? That ball, if not like 75. That was struck on a dime that far on to a speedy Gundogan. How do I even, what adjective do I place there where he um, blitzed by Davinson Sanchez and sat him down on his, on his ass yeah. and scored a goal? Yeah, well, let, let's use that as a as a segue into Tottenham because I think Spurs' performance uh, this game and like really in the last ten weeks or so can be perfectly encapsulated by that Davidson Sanchez defending. I mean, the dude is like twice as big as Ilkay Gundogan, who is small, not necessarily fast or physical, and he looks. I, I've never seen a defender look so clumsy. I mean, he 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 was sat down, and at some point. I think I put it on Instagram or something like I'm I'm starting to lose track of the days, but tries to block it with his head or face at the end of it. It's just it was a really bad look. Really, really bad look. I mean, Spurs Yoris keeps making mistakes. The whole team is making mistakes. They're not controlling games. Uh really much a lot like Liverpool, just in a terrible, terrible run of form. And you'd think it can only go up from here, but you know, if you look on Twitter and the and the interwebs and all that, there's finally starting to be some Jose out question mark talks. I think are. it's way too early, but look, I think you got to question him and this team. Have they improved since Pochettino? You know, the jury's really out on that one. I think a lot of people would say no. Um, but here's a crazy stat that I was reading about. 87% of Tottenham's goals conceded this season are either from set pieces or individual errors. I mean, that is absurd. That's absurd. We've talked That's, about previously this season how bad they are in the air, but the amount of individual errors are just outrageous. For a Jose team, also, it's just pretty shocking. Yeah, I think just the you don't see a defense this shocking a lot of times from Jose Mourinho teams. So Yeah. It's I, bad. I don't think I ever have. So Kyle, you and I have talked probably more off pod than on the pod about Gareth Bale. And his role on the Tottenham team. Good thing he came on with 18 minutes left uh, to really rescue it after, you know, Spurs were down 3-0. I know that was, you know, a real good sub by Mourinho there. But he came on to the game. And I'm going to pull this up, Kyle, on XG created by the Spurs players. And looky here, Kyle, in the whole game, Gareth Bale created the most XG in the entire game out of any Spurs player and was only on 18 minutes and had the same amount of shots and shots on target as Harry Kane. I'm not comparing Bale to Harry Kane. I'm not doing no. that. No, I love these stats you're pulling out. And I'm actually really glad you pulled out these stats because I also, to piggyback off of that, I've got some Bale stats as well. 18 minutes, but he had the most successful dribbles of anyone on the pitch, not just Spurs players, even which 
I don't really understand how that happens, but he had more than any City player. He also, this is the crazy one, had more touches in 18 minutes than his replacement, Lucas Mora, had in the entire match. I mean, look, we've been waiting for Bale to produce something, just something, and the Spurs fans are like clinging on to any shred of hope and watching Bale have one moment where he dribbled through three players and almost scored a great goal was like, you know, Spurs fans got up off the couch and were like, oh my God, is it going to happen? It didn't happen today, but it, it is promising moving forward because at this point, Spurs are not going to extend that bail um, loan, no. nor should they. And he really has to really not only win that right wing spot, but dominate and carry Spurs a season uh, for him to sign permanently or extend it for a year. So, uh, yeah. So this isn't on our agenda, Kyle, but I, I feel like I had this urging need to urgent need to ask this question um so spurs have some some games coming up that are a little more favorable than i would say and we'll get into those games in a second but if you're jose do you put gareth bale in one of those games where they're playing a not so good premier league team to give him a run and have a chance for him to discover some form yes without a doubt i mean the way that i would use bale I see why Jose doesn't start him against the teams where he expects they'll be under the cosh all game and have to defend and dig deep. I don't think Bale's well-suited to those games. But the, the matches against teams that clearly are, have nowhere close to the same amount of quality, uh, where they'll sit deep and you need quality to unlock that door, so to speak, Bale's the one you have to go for. And otherwise, it, you know, probably either Lucas or Bergwijn against teams where you'll have to defend a lot. But yeah, why, why not? I mean, why even sign him if you're not going to give him any chance? I mean, seriously. That, that's, and been I would the, even, that's been the question. I would even, I would even give Delhi more of a chance. I don't really understand that situation either, but I have not been impressed with him. But yeah, you just, you got to get bail firing. You got to. You have to. I mean, Spurs have lost in all competitions five of their last six. You have to do something. You can't continue to do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and uh, I actually I actually really hate when Mourinho he throws players under the bus, but what he's done with Bale recently, I actually am fully on board with. He he's gone into the media and kind of like publicly called out his Instagram team for posting this picture of like good training sesh when he's injured. I mean, it's like what the hell is that? And he needs to show more. And I I like that Jose was public with that cuz he's totally right and all the Spurs fans know it. Brennan Rodgers is the coach of the mighty Leicester City Football Club, Kyle. And they, you know, are far and away on top of the table ahead of Spurs. Um, but there are rumors out there that he could replace Jose Mourinho after the season, Kyle. Um, as a Spurs fan, how would you like that? Uh, yes, please. Right, well, look, one, one, I don't want to be knee-jerk and just sack Jose too early. I think it's way too early to say... If you hire someone like Jose, you got to give him more of a chance. But you asked me who would I replace Jose with in an ideal world. And I think I came up with three names for you. And it was Nagelsmann from Leipzig, mm -hmm. Brennan Rogers. I don't even remember who the third coach was. Maybe he was like Ancelotti or something, but I, I don't really know. But look, I would 100% take Rogers. I think it would be a little bit of a step up from Leicester, even though the table doesn't doesn't say yeah. that and Lester also spend money but you know Rogers is going to have a chip on his shoulder and will want to go to a quote unquote big club and prove his doubters wrong after the whole Liverpool uh debacle so I would have Rogers in a heartbeat 
Yeah, I think the question is more if he, if he would do it, especially if Leicester yeah. make the Champions League and Spurs don't, right? Like that's a that's a tough ask to Maybe. go to a team that's not in it from a team that never makes it and just made it in. So I mean, why why would why would he want to leave Leicester if they make top four? I wouldn't. Right. So. Um. Yeah. Okay. Are there are we ready for rapid fire? Or any more uh, comments from your beloved Spurs? Real quick, I'll say I also heard a rumor floating around that Spurs will sanction a sale of one of their star players in the summer. People naturally are talking about Harry Kane. People talking about Sun. I actually think the whole story is going to be uh, smoke and mirrors, and I think they're probably talking about Delhi, who you know how I feel about him. Yep, Kane the city. You heard it here first. It's time for rapid fire. All right, Kyle, we're going to start off with a barn burner here where Crystal Palace got shellacked by Burnley 3-0. Um, I think this might be one of the best coaching jobs in the history of football in worldwide, honestly, that Burnley have 27 points somehow, Kyle, as we sit here today. They've scored less than 20 goals. But now you've had Burnley, who were down in the heap of the relegation fodder for so long, climbing their way up, and not even in 17th or 16th anymore. So, I mean, it's quite incredible, to be honest with you. Whereas Crystal Palace, I mean, they, they're so hot and cold, and when they're cold, they look... They don't even look Premier League worthy. So, it's so interesting, this game, but both teams are kind of shit, and Palace with Roy Hodgson seems to be, uh, hopefully, uh, ending soon. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it seems like Palace is caught between this stage of should we stick with Roy and be more conservative or do you go with the younger, more positive coach? Or I guess you could go with the younger coach who is more solid defensively like Burnley's manager, Son Dyche. So, I don't know, something to think about. Uh, we also had Brighton nil, Aston Villa nil. Yes, nil-nil. It is not sexy. We usually uh, tend to blast these games into outer space, especially if they involve Brighton, but... This game actually had a lot of action and a lot of goal chances. Uh, Brighton, a.k.a. the XG Warriors, as you like to say, actually peppered Aston Villa in this game, who clearly on paper is the better team. You know, they're pushing for European places. But Brighton completely bossed it in this game. And Emmy Martinez can be thanked for keeping uh, Aston Villa in the game. I mean, honestly, what were Arsenal thinking selling him? I mean, you got to give him a chance to go up against Bern Leno. So... Anyway, uh, Brighton couldn't get past him on the day. And um, yeah, it's looking up for both these teams, though. Yeah, Premier League record for Brighton. 26 shots in that game, and they couldn't score a goal. That's, I mean, that sums up Brighton's season right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on, Champ, a.k.a. Southampton, hosted Wolves and lost 2-1. Uh, to one. Champ, Southampton actually beat them in the FA Cup in the week, in the midweek before playing this game. Uh, but Wolves won in the league. And this is Wolves' team that doesn't really have a striker. Yes, they have William Jose, but um, Southampton been on just a brutal run of form. Five losses in a row in the Premier League. Maybe five, yeah. And then one of those being 9-0 to Manchester United. They're just in a rut. I'm not worried about them in the league, per se, but they have been, it's really been a fall from grace after a really hot start for them. 
Yeah, and talking about fall from grace, although that might be a little a little bit harsh and way, getting way too ahead of myself and really just trying to jerk myself off. Uh, <laughs> Manchester United <laughs> tied West Brom one one. one. Uh, yes, no, it isn't fall from grace yet because Manchester United is still in second place, but they're tied with Leicester on what is it, forty six points, I think. Uh, I don't know. Basically, all you need to know about this game, United really, really looked poor after honestly being the form team since november up until when city really started killing it um but united were really poor west brom honestly deserved a tie um they you know they've been playing that new striker diane who might be a cheeky pickup for fantasy football if you haven't gotten him yet um but really the only quality manchester united had this whole game was a beautiful beautiful bruno fernandez goal i mean again what a player what a player <laughs> I was thinking this weekend, where would Manchester United be if they didn't make that signing? It's really funny because the table is so tight. I would say probably outside of top four. But, you know, oh, that could yeah. even... That, if they didn't again, have Bruno that's... Fernandez, they probably wouldn't be in the... They definitely wouldn't be in the Champions League this season. They wouldn't No, that's it. right. That's right. But, but I mean, this guy, I mean, we talked a little bit about it in our MVP talk last episode, but he has literally single-handedly changed the mentality of this Manchester United team into what it used to be 10 years ago. So Bruno Fernandez, I mean, he's going to be a good shout for MVP of the season. Arsenal beat Leeds United four to two. We have a Pierre Emerick Aubameyang sighting Kyle first time. in I think months where he's, you know, been seen on a football field, which is really nice to see uh, scored a hat trick. Kyle his first premier league hat trick. Um, Pretty cool to see, honestly, as a former as a Dortmund fan, it's really cool to see him get on the score sheet and scoring goals because he has that quality. I mean, before the season, we would have picked him as one of the contenders for Golden Boot, probably. Um, so it's been crazy the season that he's had, but good to see him get off the mark a little bit. And then I was on the Leeds United side, like they have these games once in every five to six games where they just look like complete shit and just get their just get rocked. And the, this was one of those games where they didn't do anything for the first 70 minutes of this game. They were so poor. And then they scored a couple consolation goals, but it was, they were terrible. Yeah. This Marcelo Bielsa style just tends to do that. Huh? And then suddenly, you know, next, next match, they'll just play incredibly and play one of the big teams off the park and dominate possession or something crazy, but it's beautiful, beautiful chaos. Um, Everton nil Fulham two. Honestly, a really shocking scoreline. Um, Everton have had a great season so far. But, um, you know, of all the big teams, yes, Leicester does it somewhat, but Everton are probably the biggest culprits of blowing hot and cold. I mean, not only did they lose to Fulham in this match, who is probably favorite to get relegated, uh, Fulham outclassed them and actually spanked Everton and were well-deserving of a two-goal lead. Um, and, uh, Everton, they just, sometimes they have this, these kind of games where they look really dull up front. Um, yes, they're solid at the back, but, you know, again, I was telling you off air, I'm not really sure what this Everton team's identity is, which is kind of what Everton's been like my entire life, really. Yeah. And they've definitely been better this season than most Oh, 100%. in our, in our lifetime, but yeah, it was total outclass which i was surprised by um fulham's been definitely playing way better since january but it wasn't even close players they got some good players they have a chance they have a chance 
Yeah, and and honestly, about West Brom. <laughs> yeah, and and Fulham, they they're not leaking goals anymore. Uh, yes, they kind of miss a goal scorer. That's proven the Premier League, even though they have Sausage up top, but he doesn't play. Um, but their midfield is actually pretty fun to watch. So I I would say Fulham got a chance. West Ham, Kyle, they beat relegation leader Sheffield United three to nil. Um, Sheffield, I mean. It's curtains. It's th- you can't score. You spent all this money on Rian Brewster um, to come and lead the line. He can't do anything. He doesn't even start. It's brutal. It's brutal, Kyle. I mean, it was an easy 3-0 win for West Ham, and I think it's curtains for Sheffield, and that's really all the analysis I have, and I think Sheffield might struggle to get 20 points this season. I think Sheffield are in a situation where they might struggle in the championship next season. I mean, we've seen that happen often, um, and it really just shows how tight the margins are at this level because really, there really isn't that much different about Sheffield this season to last season. It's just now they have lost that solidity because they've always struggled to score goals. So, yeah, they are toast if they weren't three months ago. Uh, Chelsea 2, Newcastle 0. Probably the most predictable scoreline you could ever predict. In the season, uh, Newcastle were, were dull yet again. But Chelsea, on a real bright spot, uh, Timo Werner finally showing up, playing well, not just because he scored the second goal, but he created the first goal, looked dangerous throughout. Um, honestly, if you ask me, I wouldn't play Werner through the center. I think he's much better suited um, out wide or you know, as a wide second forward, maybe kind of like Son or Sala, you know what I mean, just on that left-hand side. Um, but... Tammy Abraham also pulled up with an injury. Not good news for them, but it looks like old man Giroud will continue to play, which I don't think is actually a bad move. But Thomas Tuchel, uh, five and uh, five wins, zero losses since coming in. He's really shored up that defense, and he's playing with five at the back, which he's never done before at Dortmund or PSG. I was really surprised to see it. He keeps on picking Marcus Alonso over Chilwell, which is sort of, I I can't really figure that out, even though I guess he's more suited to the role. but. Um, Tuchel coming in and doing his job and suddenly, just like that Chelsea are in fourth place They are Kyle, but is it a product of his success or an easy schedule? And I think we're, we're going to find out really soon um, Moving on to today, there were a couple matches some midweek matches, I don't know what match week they were from, but they're makeup games uh, So Burnley played Fulham today and over to you Kyle <laughs> yes, yes. I, still, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it was one one, but uh, not much, not much to see here. Um, yeah, <laughs> not much to see. Uh, Everton one, Manchester City three. Look, Everton looks solid. Um, this is one of those games where Everton did show up. They were much, 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 much better than they were against Fulham. But look, it's Manchester City. This team is on some insane form. I mean, how many games have they won in a row? Something like 16, 17? 17 in all competitions, yeah. Which I believe is the most out of any Premier League team. I mean, I think in the league, they're on 15 wins in a row, which I believe broke the record, which is 14. You might have to fact check me on that. Uh, I don't know. It's a lot of wins, though. Yeah, it's crazy amount of wins. And honestly, it doesn't look like stopping. And even worse, just to make the rest of the leagues, you know, look on and fear and Tighten their buttholes a little bit. <laughs> De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero on the bench. Oh, man. It just gets worse for everyone else. If you had to bet, Kyle, if you were a betting man, would you take that City will lose 
a game in the Premier League the rest of the season, or they wouldn't lose a game for the rest of the season. I'd still take a loss. You'd take a loss? Just because how, I mean, to go unbeaten from, what is it, like December to yeah, July? November, November mean, 21st was their last loss against Tottenham. The against Tottenham, yeah. Yeah, God, that feels like a whole year ago. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. It would look the way they're playing. They they could definitely go the rest of the season unbeaten, but it would be an incredible achievement. But it's not one that I'd put past this Manchester City team. It's not a crazy thought, though. It, how crazy it is it though that after ten games in like October, Manchester City was sitting in like eleventh, twelfth place, and pundits whose oh. job it is to cover this shit. We're writing them off and saying it was over. I mean, I they're ahead. I mean, they're what ten points ahead of anyone else right now. I mean, it's come on. What a joke. To speak to our qualifications a little bit, Kyle. You and I never wrote them off, which is why we're the show of record and not these other fools that write for the Mirror, or the Sun, or whatever garbage place they do for the UK. That's right. That's right. We are the experts. That's right. Um, when we say we have to say we are the experts, that's how you know how credible we are. Um, moving on to our last segment, Kyle, we're going to do a pretty good breakdown of the top four and realize if people are pretenders, contenders, or somewhere in the middle where they're on in limbo phase of making the top four, Kyle. And we had to put the line somewhere of where to start with these teams. So even though Leeds United is just slightly behind Arsenal, um, I think we can safely say that Leeds United is not going to make the top four. Uh, So we're going to start with Arsenal, Kyle. They had a horrific, horrific, horrific start to the season. But have been better as of late. Not perfect, but better. Um, Aubameyang had a hat-trick recently. They have Martin Odegaard looking a little saucy on the team. Um defensively they've been okay but their schedule Kyle if you look at their schedule the rest of the season um they it's bad they play all of the big 6 teams remaining i think almost all the big 6 teams and they've played cupcakes lately so do you, would you say Kyle that Arsenal are in it or they are they're out of it arsenal 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 well what i will say is there is a chance and the fact that there's a chance i mean i i guess they deserve credit off because it's why we're covering it in the in the segment you and i would i mean honestly gladly not cover it in the segment you know you know that's true yeah look they honestly do have they do have a chance you know a bombing hat trick couldn't have come at a better time thomas partsy's coming back soon um arteta you know he does have his ideas has it translated well i you know i'm not sure but arsenal's schedule okay so they went on this great run and they just it was a total total cakewalk but let me just let me just read out some matches for you coming up yeah Uh, and and in between all this we had benfica uh in the europa league um just to give you some more context but here we go manchester city leicester city burnley tottenham West Ham, Liverpool. Yikes. Mm, that's um, not good. No, it's not It's not good. And let's keep on going. They still have to play uh, Chelsea at some point. 
They still have to play uh, Palace, and they really struggle against teams like Palace. Still have Everton. I mean, Arsenal have won it. Got they have one of the toughest runs going into the end of the season. So, um, look, I think them winning what was it six or seven games in a row had a lot to do with those that cakewalk of a schedule they had for a while there. Yes, they're getting a lot better, but for me, it's it's too much to ask. What's your take? Oh yeah, beans on toast. It's over. You know they're they're out of it. I mean, you can't. They just recently lost to Wolves and Aston Villa too. So to go against the teams you just mentioned, sandwich in Benfica in Italy and Benfica in Greece. If you're confused, I am too. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's not happening for Arsenal. But if you go across North London, the team above them in the standings is is Tottenham Hotspur, Kyle. Um, your beloved Tottenham is sitting in ninth place. Um, Tottenham are in ninth, Kyle. I'm just trying to rub that in. Sorry, that was mean. Um, they've been in a horrible run. They've lost five out of the last six in all competitions. Um, their XG is just slightly over zero. Um, Brighton has a much better XG than them. Uh, Jose Ball is not working as of late. Um, but their schedule, Kyle, is one of remains one of the easiest out of any team that we will cover in this segment. So, what do you make of it? Balancing the form and the potential schedule, what do you think of Spurs? It's it's really tricky because trying to predict the rest of Tottenham season, you know, you pretty much have to pull up a crystal ball and say, all right, are they completely going to change based on the teams they play? I mean, you have to be honest and look at the past month or two and they've just gone through a hellish run i mean honestly they've played a lot of the big boys but now they suddenly don't have to play manchester city again they don't have to play chelsea again either um so and i believe they're also done with liverpool so their next their next five matches in premier league they've got west ham which that is never an easy game because uh you know london derby there burnley crystal palace arsenal Newcastle. Um, so, you know, it's a real mixed bag. They still have to play Manchester United at some point, Everton at some point, EFL Cup Final City. Um, but look, they've got a pretty easy run going in. I mean, they finish with Wolves, then Villa, and then here's the hot one, Leicester City, the very very last game of the season for all the marbles, I assume. Um, what do I make of it? Well, I don't think it can get any worse. I think they've seen their toughest run, their toughest stretch of the season. They have a few injuries. Even someone like Regalon has really hurt them, uh, not having him bombing down the left. Um, and now Jose's in a position where he has to prove himself because I think Spurs fans, maybe even the Spurs hierarchy, are starting to doubt Jose Ball and if it can work with this Tottenham team. I still have hope because I've at different points seen certain things, but it just has never all blended together. So what do I make of it? I'm going to put a big fat maybe in the Tottenham column. I will not say they're out because if they win their game in hand, they are three points behind fourth place. So that really is not that far. What do you make of them? Yeah, it's a tough one because I agree with you. It's the schedule, but Tottenham haven't shown up lately. Uh, They haven't shown up since the new year, I would say, is when it all went downhill for them. So you yeah. want to see it, but at the same time, Kyle, um, you know the qualities there, and their run has been really tough. So I can't rule them out, but it's a low maybe for me. Um, like I would put it at less than 50% chance if I had to. What, what do you think 
non-Tottenham fans, for, for people who are not Tottenham fans, what do you think the average person, what, what's the chance that the average person would give them to finish top four? I think it'd be as low as like Less 20%. than 10%, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I would say 10%. Oh, I, Just because the average I'm fan will look at Spurs and look at like their placement on the table and see ninth yeah. and say like, oh, pff, they're out of it. But that's why, you know, you and I exist in the world to break this down and see, you know, what's actually happening with the club and what is remaining and what's the reason for where they are in the table. And yeah, so, I mean, if, if you if you're from the outside looking in, you look at the Spurs team and you say, has Jose Mourinho made them better from Pochettino? I think mm-hmm. most people would say no. And yeah. he's had more than a year and, you know, the defense isn't solid. Um, they're not free flowing. I'm not sure how happy the players are. So yeah, I, I would I would put that at a lower than twenty percent chance. As I, I us, could... us Spurs fans, we see hope in someone like Kane and Son and you know, a Jose defense potentially, you know, and Domblay and Hoyberg is pretty good center midfield partnership. La Celso's coming back. There's a good team there, but yeah, they just haven't put it together in a long time now. Yeah, uh, you know, is Jose, you know, getting the the best out of the players and making this, you know, making Spurs as successful as they could be? I have a big argument for that, but you know, we won't make this about a Spurs show, so we'll move on to Aston Villa. Kyle, they have two games in hand, so they played twenty two matches, where most clubs in the Premier League have played twenty four. Uh, but that also means that they have some more fixture congestion coming up. So that means more tired legs, tough turnarounds, cold weather in the Premier League, etc. Aston Villa have been pretty hit or miss recently and have all of the big six left. And just to look at the next five. I mean, we do have to go a little bit quicker than we have, so we won't next, uh, list them all. But basically a lot of big six clubs in their next five matches, Kyle. So... What do you make of Aston Villa? They've had a really, really nice season. Obviously, their top four has been a smashing success compared to what they were having last season. Are they in this top four race for you? Uh, no. No, because, look, a lot of their points that they've gathered were in the first half of the season. We've seen a lot more of the, um, I guess you could say, the the real Aston Villa in recent months. I mean, yes, they've had COVID issues, and that really has thrown a monkey wrench in their season, but... Um, we're starting to see inconsistencies in their game. And um, look, it's been a great season no matter what, but I can't see Aston Villa keeping up that first half of the season form. I mean, it would be an amazing job for them if they did that. So um, I'm going to have to rule them out. Agreed, Kyle. I mean, if they somehow win some of these matches that they have upcoming, I could see them solid Europa League contenders. But it's just, it's a tough ask um, to go and win all these games and still might not make it with sitting in eighth place. So I'm going to put them as out as well, but really nice. Doesn't diminish their season at all. Um, just not top four contenders for us. Uh, Everton, this might also be quick. Um, very similar to Aston Villa where they've been probably a little more hit or miss for them, where they've been really good or really bad, where Aston Villa has probably been more central. Um, but similar to Villa, Kyle, they Everton just have this knack to lose to really shitty teams. I mean, Fulham out just outclassed them over the weekend. And they've done this, they've lost to Newcastle too and other teams. So while they have been solid, they lack an identity. Their next five isn't great. Kyle, I'm just gonna come out and say it and see what your thoughts are. I'm Everton's out for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I mean, look, also like Aston Villa, it's been a great season, but 
at the end of the day, when the table's set, I can see Everton finishing in the 7th or 8th, which is honestly where they would normally finish. So, I don't know, maybe that's something for Everton fans to consider. Are they happy with how much they're changing or not? But, uh, look, I, I on this one, I completely agree with you. Um, yes, they are a lot more solid, but I'm not really sure what kind of team they are going forward. Uh, my whole life, I feel like Everton have made big signings, but have, you know, to try to break into that, at some point it was the top the big four and then it became the big six clubs and they just have never been able to get through that with investment so uh look it's a it's a work in progress uh it's been a lot better Ancelotti's a hell of a manager um I probably would have taken him over Mourinho but I think asking Everton to finish in the top four is a bit much but they will be um Europa League contenders but moving on to the other side of Merseyside Liverpool I mean Maybe the story of the season so far, they've been really, really unlucky with injuries. Basically, all their center backs uh, ruled out with season-ending injuries. Um, well, not Dol Matip, but he's just always injured with you know, various injuries. Um, but look, Liverpool, they're sitting in sixth place right now, which I could not imagine them sitting in sixth place at the end of last season. Um, probably the most out-of-form team in the league bar you know like newcastle and sheffield three straight losses at anfield at some point but look it can only get better from here on out um yes it's been a forgetful season but their next five are starting to look really nice uh they've got everton which will be a difficult game obviously derby match sheffield fulham wolves and then chelsea so yes everton and chelsea but yeah you can imagine they'll win three games in a row so and then their last few games are a total total breeze so I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, it's way too early for me to rule Liverpool out, although it is possible that they'll miss out on top four, which, holy shit, that's crazy. But I'm going to fill them in as a likely in, and I'm curious to see if you'll agree with me or maybe not. You know, maybe you're not as confident in Liverpool as I am. Yeah, Kyle, I, I think they're likely in at minimum. So if I had to pick out of all these teams, spoiler alert, um, they're my most likely to finish in second place out of all these teams not named Manchester City. So, I mean, their last four, even their last four games are a total cakewalk. It's Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, and Crystal Palace. Like, you couldn't dream up an easier last mm-hmm. four games. So with the with the next five you just mentioned and those four ending the season, I think it's just... I think it's a matter of time before they improve their form and get better. Yeah. I mean, they can't stay this bad for so long. And their yeah. defense is not going to be nearly as good. But Salah, Mane, Firmino, Diego Jota, you'd think is going to come back. Um, right. So they have they have too much quality to not finish in the top Look, four. Look, pe- people might think we're crazy, but Liverpool are on 40 points right now. Uh, Chelsea and West Ham uh, in fourth and fifth, respectively, are 42 points. That is really close. Uh, even more important, Manchester United and Leicester City both tied on 46 points. That's only two wins ahead of them. That is not right. much. And with that cakewalk of a finish of the season, um, it I would be shocked if Liverpool done it from here on out. Yeah, West Ham United, Kyle. West Ham United are in fifth place. West Spam are ahead of Tottenham and Arsenal. Can you believe oh, that? Kill me. Kill uh, me now. Great form. I mean, look at this. Lingardinho goes to West Ham. He scores two goals, draws a penalty. Uh, it's all going great. Moisey Ball is back. Um, 
fifth place. It's kind of crazy. Tied with Chelsea on points. But big, big, big but. Um, look at their next seven games, Kyle. Um, I'm just going to go through it really quickly for you. I just had it up. Uh, Tottenham, Manchester City, Leeds, Manchester United, Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester City. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's awful. Horrible. That's, That's a awful. horrible schedule. And then you just want, oh, like, oh, it has to get better after that, right? Newcastle, Chelsea after that. I mean, Newcastle is kind of a cake, but, but then Chelsea, like, that is brutal schedule. Yeah. And then after that, yes, you got Burnley, but you have Everton right after. I mean, look, they've got a and really then, tough finish. And then the XG season. Warriors, Brighton. So, like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It could get ugly for West Ham, honestly, in this next season. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished ninth or tenth. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they, um, you know, really pull a big upset, at least against one of those big teams. Oh, sure. One out of like six or seven matches. I mean, it's not nearly that. They need to, they likely need to win at least four. Yeah. And I'm sorry, West Ham fans, to like dampen your spirits, but look, we're just being real here. Y'all have a really difficult schedule until the finish of the season. Um, Probably the most difficult any of these teams are talking about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come straight out. I'm gonna give them a big fat out of the top four race, which I am you know, too. It's crazy because they're in fifth place, but you know if you look at the schedule, it doesn't bode well for them. Yeah, a solid out. Like they might be similar out level to Arsenal, and that's crazy because it's fifth and tenth place, and Arsenal might even have a better chance. I don't know. I haven't put distinct percentages, but the schedule is that bad for West Ham, and you look and like. Oh, West Ham have been on decent form lately. They lost to the two best teams they played, Liverpool and United. They beat Sheffield. They had a nice win against Villa. Palace, West Brom, Burnley, and Everton. Like that does, Nothing about that is super sexy. So with the teams like Spurs, City, United, Arsenal, Wolves, Leicester coming up, like, no. No shot. Mm-hmm. Moving across from east to west London, Chelsea Football Club, Kyle, have uh, come out of the basement and have all of a sudden are in fourth place in the Premier League after sacking Frankie Lampard. Um, five in the back system seems to be working for Chelsea, uh, racking off these a lot of these clean sheets and solid wins. Um, what do we make of Chelsea? What do we make of Chelsea after this recent form? Uh, Chelsea is such an interesting team to think about. I, I'm, I'd be really curious to hear what Chelsea fans are thinking about their club and where they're at. I mean, it's probably way too early to tell because Tuchel has been in the job for like, what, three, four weeks. But right. uh, the recent form, WWWW. But you got to say, their schedule has been pretty easy recently. Uh, their next five, they have uh, Southampton, who are really on the down um atletico madrid in champions league manchester united then everton then leeds um and then they go on a little bit of an easier run so look we'll find out a lot about tuchel and this team in the next five matches um it's been really interesting to watch him employ five at the back as we talked about earlier something i did not expect but we did expect them to be really good on the ball great in possession but they still look pretty dull up front so uh, there's still a lot of a figuring out to do with che- in regards to Chelsea. So because there are so many question marks still, I'm going to put them down as a maybe. But considering the talent they have, uh, the manager and his pedigree, his style of play, um, you know, he's a little more experienced and a lot more experienced than Lampard. 
that gives them hope, but it's still too many questions for me to say they're likely going to be in that top four. Yeah, I agree, Kyle. I mean, just look, you said you already mentioned United, but they have to play Liverpool still. They have to play Manchester City. Their last four are Manchester City, Arsenal, Leicester City, and Aston Villa. That is not a kind end to your season. So going into that, Chelsea, to feel comfortable, they probably need to be at least third going into those last four games because that is a rough end to your season. So so many unknowns, like you said. They probably have better chances than some of the other maybes we've mentioned already, but I would say a yeah. solid maybe, like 50-50 yeah. yeah, chance to make the top four. Yeah, if there was like a um, a moving scale of maybes, <laughs> it'd probably <laughs> yeah. be on the more strong maybe sort of side the side of the thing whereas tottenham would be on a very oh, oh shit. that's a very weak yeah. maybe yeah very very weak maybe so yeah so chelsea it's hopeful but still a lot of question marks and they haven't beat i mean they beat a really bad spurs team um a really bad like out of form spurs team a couple weeks ago they haven't beat anyone crazy with uh Tuchel. so they're gonna have some tests coming up especially champions league with atletico as well or top of La Liga. So God, I'd fascinating. Play literally like anyone else, I think. <laughs> Moving on to Leicester City, Kyle, who find themselves in third place, tied on points with Manchester Ooh. United. Your boys. Uh, my boys. Um, they're back after the heartbreak last season, which just is a testament, I think, to the coaching of that team and not letting that team fall apart and keeping their core together. Um they haven't been on bad form recently. You know, they have some bad results here and there where they draw teams where they shouldn't, like Wolves or Everton. Uh, they lost to Leeds recently. But they do have a lot of wins, and they beat a lot of teams they're supposed to, Leicester City. Um, the remaining schedule up until their last three games, Kyle, is a crime of how easy that is. If you throw away the City game, which, you know, you just throw away that game for every team because it's going to be a loss. Um you have teams like Brighton, Sheffield, Burnley, West Ham, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, like all in a row. Cakewalk. Cakewalk, Kyle. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest with you, going into match week 36 if Leicester were in second. Yeah. Would not surprise hard me. To argue with. I mean, that schedule is so cake. Their last three, however, Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham. I mean... That that's the season for Leicester right there. They will be in it, no doubt, until that point. And then we'll see what happens. I, I don't think there are any other teams that we've been talking about where their season will be defined by three games, but I think you could say that about Leicester City. Because I look, I Leicester has shown me enough in recent months to suggest that they've rooted out these terrible performances in these games, uh, where they just randomly will lay a dud and lose to some crap team you know i think earlier in the season they got boat raced by some really poor relegation fodder team but um Mm -hmm. they've kind of rooted that out of the game and they're more solid and really dominate the teams below them so i do expect them to go on a really strong run run until the end but look i still think it'll be really close from second to sixth place with three games remaining and that is that's bad news for for lester because i i think last season they showed their nerves whether it's the player or the club, you know, individual players or the club as a whole, you know, on the cusp of achieving something great. Um, those, man, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would predict maybe one draw out of those last three games. I, I, you know, I would have, 
they would have to play perfectly in one of those games to get any results because I know all three of those clubs will be up. Manchester United, Chelsea, and Tottenham will be fully up for that game. Um, and that's going to be a lot to ask of Leicester. They're capable. They're definitely capable. But um, that really tough run, no matter how easy it, leading, it is leading up to that, again, it's got to be a maybe for me. Th- those last three games really worry me. Same, Kyle. I mean, they're going to do really well in some of these games, no doubt, which is going to put them in a really good position. I think they're going to need four points from those nine to get to clinch top four with whatever position they're going to be in. And that's that's a win in one of those games. So they have to win, beat Manchester United, Chelsea, or Tottenham. Definitely possible for Leicester, but it's going to be tough for sure. But they're solid maybe for me. I mean, just the position they're in right now and then some of that schedule, I mean, if some of these teams really have a run, bad run of form, they could they could just need a like a couple draws out of those last games and get in. So very true. Last team we'll cover, Kyle. Manchester United started off the season in first, or I mean, didn't start off the season first. Started off the season hot, uh, continued hot all the way up until very recently, um, where they've had some sketchy results as in a, like a draw to Sheffield United or I'm sorry, a loss to Sheffield United, a, a draw to West Brom, a draw to Everton where they should have won that game, a draw to Arsenal um, where they just scored zero. So they've been having really inconsistent performances lately coming out and beating a team nine nil and then drawing a team and drawing West Brom and etc. So, well, they've been in second and they've been at the top of the table all this time. I still can't get behind Manchester United being likely in with some of the teams they still have to play, Kyle. Man, Manchester United, honestly, at least for for me, and I know you're the same, um, maybe not for people on the outside, but I have a hard time putting my finger on Manchester United. I'm still not fully impressed. I think... They have a dynamite attack with some incredibly dangerous players. I love Bruno as a player. I think Rashford is great. I think Cavani was a great signing, even though people were slating him. But um, look, they basically rooted out the inconsistencies in their game, um, and their attacking firepower has really masked the defensive problems they've had for, God, how many years now? And Mm -hmm. Harry Maguire, their big money signing, especially in recent weeks, has looked really, really, really iffy. I mean, he's even flopping on the ground and trying to earn penalties now, even though he's <laughs> got like his his like six head going on and can bust through a wall probably. But yeah, look, I think the table skews pers- you know my perspective. Um, yes, they're in second place, but uh, they're six points away from being out of the top four. Um, and uh, look, they've they've got a really really tough schedule for almost the entire season. Uh, it's pretty consistently tough. Uh, with a few, you know, dips here and there. So, uh, Manchester United, I kind of waver between a strong maybe and a somewhat weak likely end. Does that make sense? Because I, mm. the the what I'm going at with the likely end part of this is I've seen enough personality from this Manchester United team and ability to overcome a shitty performance and, you know, pull something out of their ass at the very end of a match. It's kind of like that Fergie time thing is a little bit back, but it's not really. I mean, there are a lot of flaws, but they're dangerous enough to where, you know, I might even 
I'll probably change my stance. I'll probably fill them in as a likely in, but a soft one, because I can definitely see it going, going wrong for them. Yeah, Kyle. I mean, where, where it scares me and why I can't put them at likely in is they still have Chelsea, Manchester City, Leicester City, Tottenham, Liverpool, Aston Villa left on their schedule, as well as some other team. And it's not easy. Um, and with the table so tight, I can't put them as a likely in like I did with Liverpool just because of the schedule and just the quality of players that they have. Um, I do think uh, they United have been very Bruno Fernandez dependent. Um, they do have a Europa League run that they're going to go on, which is going to create some fixture congestion for them. So how is that going to work out uh, with their different players? So I'm going to put them as a strong maybe, but I can't move them into the likely in yet. One thing I will say is a lot of these tough matches they have left. I mean, look, I know it's COVID year and there are no fans and, you know, so I don't really know how much home field advantage matters anymore, but Chelsea away, Manchester City away, uh, Leicester City away, although that's an FA Cup, Tottenham away. I mean, a lot of their tough matches remaining in the season are yeah. away from home. And, you know, if at some point, you know, things are better with the virus and fans move back in the stadiums, I mean, suddenly home field advantage could matter a little bit more. Uh, or maybe, you know, in this bizarre season, you know, suddenly it actually does matter for once as it hasn't really all season. So it's not going to be easy for United. I think looking at the table, you would think they're a shoe in. Um, but I think you'd be mistaken if you're only looking at the table. The only certainties in this Premier League are that West Brom is getting relegated and City is... Uh finishing first in the league. Uh, actually, that's not true. Sheffield is going to get relegated as well. Guaranteed. So in case you were wondering, are we going to cover Manchester City in this top four race? Uh, no. Title race is over. Sorry, y'all. Yeah, title race is over. We st- we've never wavered on our first our, our title pick in the beginning of the season. We both picked City. We have never wavered on that. Uh, we, we, were got, we got close to saying, hey, I don't know about them, but uh, we never wavered. We definitely call it, didn't say they were out of it by any stretch. Um, that was ridiculous. I don't know what pundits would say that, idiots, but not us on the show here. We are not in it for the clicks. Let it be known. <laughs> so that's <laughs> it, Kyle. That was our, maybe that maybe was we the... should be. Maybe you should be, and maybe the Instagram page would be a little bit better. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, that's it. That was our comprehensive uh, top four coverage. Um, so to recap where we are, um, because we just we we went over a lot of teams and said a lot of things there. West Ham, Everton, Aston Villa, and Arsenal are all donezo in the top four race. They're not nothing bad about them. They're just not going to finish top four. Um, the contenders, the maybes, are Tottenham as a very soft, flappy, weak maybe. Uh, very very flaccid maybe (laughs) that's right (laughs) and then you have the solid maybes uh with chelsea football club and leicester city um what am i missing uh and then a strong maybe is a united to you have them as a likely in and then we both have liverpool as a likely in so if we put that in table form that would be manchester city liverpool Manchester United, and then a toss-up between Chelsea Football Club and Leicester City for fourth, and then Tottenham right below that. Mm-hmm. Poo That's boy! Right. Poo boy. Okay, so, no, I'm not going to use about Tottenham, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist. 
But yeah, God, what a crazy season. I mean, I, I don't think I can remember a season where second place to sixth place, <laughs> second place to tenth place is as close as it is. And I think second to sixth, yeah, second to sixth, I believe, will be pretty close until the last three, four weeks of the season. Which I mean, why, why stop at 10th? Keep going 11. Leeds United, two points behind Arsenal with a game in hand. Leeds could jump Arsenal in the next match. And Arsenal, could Leeds? Sl- <laughs> Arsenal, Arsenal could slip down to the bottom of the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy. I don't know. Are you confused yet? Because I'm confused. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. Um, you know, some three big six teams might miss out with Leicester getting in, though, which is uh, which is crazy. You know, like oh, I, any anybody can outspend. And I out, should also. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I should also say let it be known. Last podcast, Justin put on a Tottenham jersey before the Manchester City game after. See, guiding Arsenal through their six-game win run. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen for Tottenham. See, so. what, I, what I did when I did my grace to my presence for Arsenal is I did look at their schedule, and I felt pretty good about me turning their fortunes around. I should have waited until today to put on the Tottenham jersey because then it would have probably been more impactful instead of right before Buzzsaw Manchester City. And I probably did help. It could have been eight mil without my jersey. So maybe it, like as a factor of five goals or something. so. Okay, we'll find out. <laughs> I'm doubting your abilities as a messiah. I'm just, I just gotta say. Right, right. You did ask me before the show if I did have a West Brom jersey to put on and turn their season around, and unfortunately, I will never own one of those, especially it, not this it, year's kit. Let it be known. That's where we draw the line on the show. That I do. We'll I take, do own. We'll We'll take profanities, we'll take some shitty hot takes, but we refuse to uh, put West Brom in the good category. I do own more than 20 soccer jerseys, and none of them will ever be West Brom as long as I live. So, especially not that red and yellow one that like, looks like vomit. Vomit, oh man. Uh, one last thing before we go, Kyle, that I completely neglected with my Texas uh, transition was that I forgot to mention Champions League. Uh, there were a few games that were played, and we're not going to go in depth here. We'll just mention some scores and some t- storylines. Mbappe absolutely outclassed Barcelona by himself. Um, so happy for Mbappe. Really sad for Messi that he has to put up with that Barcelona team. And I'm not convinced Komen was ever a good coach, to be honest with you, um, ever since his Everton days. So it's uh, it's brutal over at Barca right now, but Mbappe is a beast. Um Good Liverpool. For him. It's good. It's good to have a good Mbappe back because he's really been on some poor form all season. He's supposed to be like the heir to Ronaldo and Messi, the next special generational player. Um, I thought it was a little too much pressure for Mbappe, but man, you see that performance in the Champions League. I mean, the first goal and the third goal were just outrageous. I mean, God, he's stupid good. The third goal, that curler. Oh my God, dude, he's open for for a player with. For a player with that much pace to be that accurate with with the shooting, it, you know that does not happen often. It really doesn't. Speaking of wonder kids, uh, Erling Holland for Borussia Dortmund went to Sevilla and absolutely destroyed him by himself. So that was really nice to see for my loved Borussia Dortmund. Uh, not that tie is not over. Sevilla can still go and score goals, but Dortmund with three away goals, you have to feel pretty good about that one. Um, 
Liverpool went to Leipzig and won 2-0 away at Leipzig. So you're going to feel really good about that with two away goals and Leipzig scoring nil. So Liverpool probably feel pretty good. And then the last game, Kyle, Juventus going to Porto and losing 2-1. to They did get the away goal at the end, which is pretty big, but disappointing to see like all the stats and all the possession, but to lose to Porto, that's, that's pretty brutal for Juve. Yeah, Juve, just the, the Andrea Pirlo experiment who i gotta say has been always was one of my favorite players i mean as a as a center mid myself pirlo is just beautiful to watch this juve team not so much i mean one of their best players this season has been federico chiesa who was Mm -hmm. you know signed as a young italian sort of talent and pretty much everyone else except for chiesa and ronaldo have been more or less non-existent so it just uh i don't know this trend of of using former players who have zero experience for these massive clubs, I, I don't really get it. You're not always going to get a Pep or a Zidane. And even then, Zidane, I think if you put Zidane in a different situation, <laughs> you know, I, I have a lot of questions. I mean, he had, a lot of, he had a lot of talent on that Real Madrid team. Yeah, um, and, that, and that's me saying Zidane, criticizing him. Is, he's my favorite player, and I still, as a manager, I don't know. I mean, Zidane did manage the Real Madrid B team, right, or oh, something the like Cast- the the Castilla, the Castilla team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're having managers go like Lampard. He was at right. Derby for just a hot sec, and then went to Chelsea. Pirlo straight into Juventus. Whereas before, you'd have to start it or before, even until really recently, you'd have to start at a smaller club and work your way up. Um, so I don't know. We'll see if that changes managing forever, and that could just reduce the or I guess increase the turnover times in managers because then it just sits crazy turnover every two years. I mean, for every Pep or Hansi Flick over at Bayern, you have like five Pirlo's or Lampard's or Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer's who, hey, Ollie's still in the job. He's he's still there. What am I saying? What am I saying? He's still at the wheel, Kyle. You predicted he'd be out by Christmas, which I was getting on board by in November, and then it all turned around. And then suddenly United became the most informed team in the league. You saw that coming. All right, Kyle. That's it for us. Um, Got a good top four glimpse coming up next week uh, in the Premier League. We have... Who do we have? We have Liverpool Everton in the Merseyside Derby. We have West Ham Tottenham in a game of North London. And then we have Arsenal hosting Manchester City as the marquee matchups of the week. Although Arsenal, a mid-table team hosting Manchester City, I don't know, could be classified as a top-tier matchup, but I don't know. No shame, against, no shame against smacked by City. Uh, take it from me. That West Ham, that West Ham Tottenham game though is looking pretty spicy. I mean, West Ham on good form and Tottenham absolute doo doo. You never know. <laughs> I will not be watching that one at four a.m. Uh, Neither will I. But I will watch the extended highlights. All right, Kyle, that's it for us. For Kyle, I am Justin. Make sure to stay safe, stay healthy, stay warm down there, you Texans, and we will catch you next week.